Charlie Kuhn and Katie Gamble chat with Clarksville media legend Lee Irwin about his career in radio and news and serving the Clarksville community for 41 years. He shares some great stories about the early days of radio in Clarksville and talks about what he loves about living and working in Clarksville. All in this episode of Clarksville's Conversation. Hey, Charlie. Hey, Katie. It's been a while since we've gotten together. It is. Gonna... You seem a lot closer. <laughs> I know. The guy that we're introducing today needs no introduction. Correct. Mr. Lee Irwin, how you doing? I am fine. How are you all? We're it's good. good to see you. My first time on Zoom, I admit that. So, you know, that's great. Oh, well, uh, it, 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 COVID's changed everything. Now everything's video, right? I know. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Well, I appreciate you joining us today. What people don't realize is Lee's been in the media business for, what, 100 years? Weren't you there with Tesla when he invented it or <laughs> Marconi? <laughs> 1974, after broadcast school. That was my first radio job. Where was your first radio job at? It was in Loves Park, Illinois. And I worked at a station called Country Lovin' Radio, WLUV, and did midnight to six. And so how, did, how did you end up in Clarksville? Well, I'm from Clarksville. I graduated okay. Montgomery Central in 1971, went to broadcast school. 1973 and 74, and then you're I aging came yourself, back. Lee. You're aging yourself. I know. Doesn't I know. Great though. Oh my goodness. Oh no. Fountain of youth. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. So. So but now, I, how long have you been at Five Star? I have been here. Well, it's interesting. It's June, and I have been here since June 25th, 1979. I've been here 41 years. Wow. What? Why did you all look at each other like that? <laughs> that's a long time i don't know there's yeah. very many people that can say they've been in the same job for 41 years i mean let's be completely honest that's a long time well the problem is i love radio i love broadcasting it's what i always wanted to do so so nowadays broadcasting everything's digitalized charlie all our music yeah, oh, yes. on the computer everything's digitalized tell us what it was like in 1979 well of course you had records you had turntables and reel-to-reel -reel machines, tape machines, you had those. All the commercials were on cart. There were no computers in the studio or anything like that, so. Yeah, so so Lee, I, when I was at Austin P in the mid to late 80s, um, uh, I had a class that, that we used reel-to-reel tape and, and we would practice cutting commercials and then we would splice the tape. I mean, that's it's kind of unheard yes. of now, right? Splicing was a nightmare sometimes, but it's all you had to do. On the computer now, you go in, you edit out what you want, you edit in what you want. And uh, the problem with splicing is if you cut something out of that tape, it's gone. Yeah. You know, I remember that happening to me a few times. Because so you, you actually had a razor blade and a splicing bar and splicing tape. So. Isn't that crazy? Isn't it cra it's crazy how far along. So, been. so go back to your first days in radio, and you were you were spinning some vinyl. Yes. Did you take like live requests? Uh, yes, we did. We would put people live on the phone, and uh, when they would call in. Now, midnight to six, I did not get a lot of calls, <laughs> and uh, with things happening like I actually the first night I was on the air was the fall of '74 because it was the night of the time change. So I had to work seven hours instead of six hours. I always remember that. 
I remember falling asleep a couple of times on the air, like at two o'clock in the morning and the record, you wake up and the record is... Dead air. Yes, yes. But I guess nobody was listening. I didn't get in trouble for it. So, <laughs> so <laughs> that, that part's changed too, but there's a lot more rules and regulations we have to follow now. You could just do whatever you wanted back then, right? Well, pretty much, except a couple of times, I was not a big country music fan, I admit that. And I would try to maybe slip a little something else in there. And one time the program director left a little note for me, said, follow the format. And I'm, yes, sir. So I did because get in he trouble. Wasn't come there at midnight to tell him in person. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I remember that getting in trouble a couple of times for tr trying to play something a little bit that wasn't quite country. So. So now we know you're out and about in Clarksville all the time. Tell us what it is that you love so much about this community, because it's obvious that you have a heart for this community. It's the best place in the country to live. That's somebody else. But I mean, I agree yeah. with them. I just I like being with uh, working with the nonprofit groups and organizations, trying to help them out. But and I I've gotten some awards and recognition for that. And I keep thinking that, well, wait a minute, what I'm doing it's not all me. It's about our radio stations and our website, ClarksvilleNow.com. I'm doing it through them. So sometimes I feel don't feel comfortable taking that recognition because, uh, as you know, Katie, of all our team here, you know, we all work at doing that. But I just, I just love the community. I grew up here, and actually, at, at the age of 18, I couldn't wait to get out. I said, oh, I'm going to Chicago. All 18-year-olds uh, that way. I know. And then a few years later, I'm going – I came back actually to work and thought, I'm gonna get some more experience. And I had some other stations in between there. I wanted to get some experience and move on to the big time. You know, thought, oh, Nashville will be my next place. Yeah. And I guess I just got comfortable here, back here with everyone, so. Talk, talking about Nashville, I'm kind of going backwards just for a minute, but did you have a, a favorite on-air personality out of Nashville that you really liked a lot? Uh, Scott Shannon of WMAK in Nashville. Scott Shannon went on, and I think uh, we have a phone ringing here, so I'll just kind of hang up on them. Uh, <laughs> but no, that's kind of, I remember being in the eighth grade at Palmyra Elementary School, and I would listen to Scott Shannon out of Nashville, and I thought, wow, that would be a cool job to have. And uh, it just kind of kind of stuck with me over the years. And I remember in high school going to our guidance counselor. And when you talked about your careers, when you got out of school, and I said, I wanted to be in radio. And she actually said, Ms. Abernathy, I remember. She said, I don't know how to help you do that. Yeah. At that time, there wasn't a lot of communication programs and things in school. You know, I graduated in 1971. So. So you have been in this community as a broadcaster for many, many, many years. And what a lot of people don't realize is that broadcasters are actually first responders. So when something's happening, um, we're on the air informing the community. You've seen a lot of history. You've been through the Cold War. You've been through different, the tornadoes in Clarksville. Talk to me, what is something that just really sticks out in your mind as a broadcaster that you, a time in history that you were really proud of or whatever the emotion may be to be a part of? Well, a couple of things more recent times, I believe the tornado from 1999. 
And I remember uh, I lived by Austin P at that time. I remember the tornado that morning. And uh, I came to the radio station and uh, got everybody kind of coordinated on every on things we needed to be doing. And then, um, you know, went back uh, back downtown and actually did uh, did some live call-ins from downtown with with the old cell flip phone, you know. And uh, I would call in and I... One person pointed out something to me years later. I was walking downtown, and of course, I was talking and not paying attention. I had my house slippers on, and I actually stepped in a mud puddle. And I remember saying, oh, crap. And I was live, you know. So that's not a good thing to say. But I And somebody, a couple of people actually pointed that out to me. I heard you say that on the radio. Were you supposed to say that? I said, no, I wasn't. But I stepped in a mud puddle. I was not paying attention. But... Uh, I think the tornado and then more recently the flood, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, all of our, uh, all of our media outlets here, we all got together on it, but those are two of the big things. If you're talking about being a first responder, I think that was the main thing. And of course, many times severe weather, we are on here, you know, hours and hours all night long. You know, we stay here sometimes to make sure that people are informed about severe weather and things like that. You know, I've never thought of you guys as responders until you just said that. Well, you know, a few years ago in when Birmingham had those tornadoes, all their cell towers went down. So the uh, only way to communicate with the community was via radio. That's why uh, radio is considered first responders. Well, there you go. That's right. And we encourage everyone to have yourself a weather radio ready for so you know, so we can notify well, you. Well, Lee, I, I see you a lot, of course, around town, but I see you a lot at Fort Campbell. Tell us a little bit about you know, when you first started going to Fort Campbell, maybe how that's changed a little bit. When I first started doing news was back in the mid 80s. And uh, actually, the first time I covered an event at Fort Campbell was the Gander crash. You know, the mm. 248 soldiers lost their lives in Gander, Newfoundland. And that was 1985 in December. And I remember covering that over there. And then Desert Storm, of course, um, actually, I was going to be they were putting together a group of news media to go to Saudi Arabia in Iraq back in 1991. I was going to be the radio reporter for that. And then uh, actually it was kind of interesting. The day we were going in for gas mask training, they decided that they had enough media over there. And that was actually about a week before the air war started. So I think they didn't want a lot of media over there, but uh, I was ready to go and report on what our, 100 first soldiers were doing over uh, over in Iraq. But uh, I remember that, and uh, there's been a couple of helicopter crashes over the years and things like that, but I really enjoy covering uh, news events at Fort Campbell. So all the welcome homes. I was I always like to brag that uh, like 2019, I don't remember how many there were, but I only missed one welcome home ceremony. And you, Charlie, you've been to those welcome home ceremonies. Yes, Yes, Everyone, if you get the chance, once they get back to doing them in the hangar, when uh, the COVID-19 is slacked off a little bit, there's nothing better than seeing happy soldiers, happy family members, happy boyfriends, girlfriends, all coming yeah, together, yeah. you know, when they get back from being gone for about nine months. So I mean, it, it's just, it's fantastic. There, there are soldiers and families reuniting that the, the child has not seen one of the parents you know, the father, right. when they come back. I mean, it's it's pretty incredible to watch them connect. But uh, it is. Uh, I've interviewed quite a few soldiers seeing their baby for the first time. 
and that that is so touching. I have seen soldiers come home and uh, and actually a proposed marriage to another soldier, you know, and you've seen so many things over there. So, yeah. Well, Lee, you definitely are important to this community and contribute so much. Um, I, I think that if there's anything that needs to be done that can always help make the community better, yeah. Lee's going to be right there in the middle of it. So there's no doubt you have a part for serving this community. And I, for one, appreciate all your efforts because this community needs more people just like you. Yeah. Well, and, thank you very much. And Lee, I'll say this. I remember the night at the Chamber um, Gala that you were down there taking pictures and, and mm -hmm. covering the event like you normally do. And you heard your name as you were recognized as a Community Commitment Award winner. So I thought that was pretty cool that you were covering the event and did not know that you were going to receive an award. I, I was all ready to take the photograph of the winner. And then you announced, you know, Lee Irwin, I, I kind of, there's this pause at who? Oh, me. Did they say my name? <laughs> yeah. I thought, it, I thought it was incredible. And, and to be honest with you, it was overdue because if, if anybody has been important to this community and especially in the news business, it has been you. So we, we appreciate well, what you do. I do a great deal and I enjoy my volunteerism, but we have to remember and uh, for, with Katie and with our staff here and all the folks, we have all these media outlets and that's, you know, that's a lot of what I do. My job is to, to help people and report things that are going on. Maybe in this case, things are not going on, but uh, you know, a lot of it comes back here to the radio stations and the websites. Well, Lee, thank you for everything you do. We do appreciate you. And thank you for joining us today for another episode of Clarksville's Conversation. Thank you very much. It's an honor to be here and see you both. All right, Lee. Good to see you, buddy. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. Subscribe to Clarksville's Conversation wherever you get your podcasts. You don't miss a single conversation.